0: Let's get into the word today. We started a new series last week called more. In case you forgot, it's there now more. And we talked about this thought at the end of it that we got to take time during this series to truly consider what we want more of as we cultivate this hunger, this thirst and desire that can only be filled by God. I ask you guys to think about that. What do I want more of from what of God? What do I want more of as I thirst, as I hunger after him? What do I want more of? So let's stand this morning as we read the word. I'm just going to read the scriptures we started off with last week as kind of our scriptures for this series, the basis of it. We're going to be in Matthew five, verse six, again, starting out Matthew five, verse six said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And then Psalm 63, 1, you, God, are my God, earnestly I seek you, I thirst for you, my whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. And then Psalm 42, 1 and 2, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God, when can I go and meet with God? Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for the opportunity to gather together. Lord, we thank you for the freedom that we can do and have as we worship you today, Father, as we gather together. And Lord, I pray again that we don't take that for granted. Father, that we don't replace times together with other things, Father, that are not relevant or not important to encouragement in our walk with you. Lord, I thank you for people that are faithful to your house, Father, to, to your mission in the church. And Lord, I just pray right now that you be with us today. Lord, just continue with your presence that is so strong in this place. Let your word saturate our hearts and our minds and change us. Let us be challenged by your word, God. and Let us embrace it. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. It's good good God's word. So again, last week we, we kind of laid a foundation for this series of more and we, and I asked you guys some important questions. Uh, I won't ask if you remember those cause I'm going to review them for you just in case you forgot. But we started uh, with these questions last week. Do I believe more is available? Okay. And most of us agreed. If you didn't, you didn't let me know. Um, but more is available. Do I desire more in my life? Because there has to be a desire for more of God. If there's not, then guess what? You won't get more, okay? Third question I said was, am I willing to make room for more? Which meant I might have to get rid of some things. I might have to cut off some relationships. I might have to do some things in order to make room for God to do what he wants to do. And then my fourth one was, what will I ask God for more of? Okay? Does somebody in here need more patience? That one came right off the top of my head. <laughs> okay, so what will I ask God for more of? So today I want to start with this desire right here is we're going to talk about I want more of the presence of God. I want more of the presence of God. And we're going to, I'm going to read quite a bit of scripture today. And for the sake of Missy not getting carpal tunnel or anything, I did not put all these scriptures up on the screen. So if you'll follow along with me in your Bible as we go through them. Um, I'm going to look at four different characters in the Bible who had a desire for more of the presence of God And I want you guys if you can if you will make some notes about each one of these that we read And then I want you to go back home sometime throughout the week and think about what the Holy Spirit is showing you from each one of these Characters each one of these stories again, I'm gonna read just a little bit. So bear with me while I read God's word It's a good thing, right? (laughs) All right Story one, a little bit of Moses, okay? So Exodus 33, again, not going to be on the screen, but the reference is there if you'd follow along with us. Exodus 33, and I put a little segue between standing, because you guys would have been standing for 20 minutes probably today as I read these a little bit. Exodus 33, 12 through 18, Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. And if you go to Exodus thirty-four twenty-nine, just flip the page there a little bit. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands, which he just met with the Lord. He was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. Something happens to you when you get in God's presence. Okay? Story two, David, Second Samuel chapter six. Flip over there with me. I'm going to give you a minute. Some of you are just staring off into the wilderness. If you got your word, follow along. Highlight some stuff. Come back to it this week. There was Moses. Now we got David. Second Samuel six verses one through nine. David again brought together all the able young men of Israel, thirty thousand. He and all his men went to Bala in Judah to bring up from where the ark of the God, from there the ark of God, which is called by the name the name of the Lord Almighty, who is enthroned between the cherubim on the ark. They set the ark of God on a new cart and brought it from the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. Uzzah and Ahio, sons of Abinadab, were guiding the new cart with the ark of God on it, and Ahio was walking in front of it. David and all Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord, Carlin hit on this a little bit, with castanets, harps, lyres, timbrels, cistrums, and cymbals. When they came to the threshing floor of Nekon, Uzz- Uzzah reached out and took hold of the ark of God because the oxen stumbled." The Lord's anger burned against Uzzah because of his irreverent act. Therefore God struck him down, and he died there beside the ark of God. Then David was angry because the Lord's wrath had broken out against Uzzah. And to this day that place is called Perez-Uzzah. David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How can the ark of the Lord ever come to me? Now go to First Chronicles. Again, bear with me. It's the word of the Lord. First Chronicles 15. We're going to go 2 through 4 and then jump to 12. First Chronicles 15. Still with me? Anybody bored by the reading of the word? <laughs> I didn't think anybody would say yes. <laughs> All right. Then David said, No one but the Levites may carry the ark of God because the Lord chose them to carry the ark of the Lord and to minister before him forever. David assembled all Israel in Jerusalem to bring up the ark of the Lord to the place he had prepared for it. He called together the descendants of Aaron and the Levites. He said to them, you are the heads of the Levitical families. You and your fellow Levites are to consecrate yourselves and bring up the ark of the Lord, the God of Israel, to the place I have prepared for it. It was because you, the Levites, did not bring it up the first time that the Lord our God broke out in anger against us we did not inquire of him about how to do it in the prescribed way so the priests there's something to doing things god's way okay so the priests and the levites consecrated themselves in order to bring up the ark of the lord the god of israel and the levites carried the ark of god with the poles on their shoulders as moses had commanded in accordance with the word of the lord all right story three jacob go to genesis all the way back in the beginning genesis 32 There is a point to all this madness of mine. Genesis 32, 24. So Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. Last one. Thanks for hanging in. Peter, Luke 5. New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, chapter 5. Verses 1 through 11. One day, Luke 5, 1 through 11, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake, <clears throat> goodness, I'm going to drink some water here, Gennesaret, Gennesaret, The people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets." Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. All right. All of these men, Moses, David, Jacob, Peter, had experienced a measure of the presence of God. All of them. But guess what? They wanted more. How about you? I'm serious most of us in here have experienced some measure of the presence of God Are you satisfied in that? Or do you want more? More They each found out what it was like to receive more of God's presence in their lives and and here's here's as I as I study this As I'm putting this together what the Holy Spirit was teaching me concerning each one of their experiences here in order to receive more of the presence of God, the first thing we've got to be willing to do is we've got to be willing to let God do a cleansing work in us. Okay? The very first thing you need to do, if you want more of the presence of God, you need to be willing to let God do a cleansing work in you. You need to be clean. Okay? We've all got... Excuse your hiccup. Hope it goes... I'm praying it goes away. Which <laughs> just a good one want to recognize it <laughs> be willing to let God do a cleansing in us okay and again our key scripture one of the key scriptures for this series Matthew 56 blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled yeah. they will be filled so so is making it clear that our sins actually separate us from God yeah. right and he will not allow sin to dwell in his presence. That's why we need a cleansing. If we've got things going on in our life that don't measure up with the word of God, you need cleansed of it. If you want more of God, right? So he's not going to allow sin to dwell in his presence. So you need to be willing to let him cleanse you. First Corinthians six, nine through 11 says, or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. It's not going to happen. And that is what some of you were, it says. But you were washed, cleansed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm thankful for the cleansing that happened when I gave my life to the Lord, that the blood of Jesus washed away all my sins, but I'm not perfect. (laughs) You're not perfect. Some of you might think you are, but I'm telling you right now, you're not. We need a continual cleansing. Some of us, we may sin every day, right? We need to be washed if we want to be in the presence of the Lord. So God had to make a way for Moses to be able to live in his presence, so he covered him with his hand and put him in the cleft of the rock. David wanted to bring the presence of God to Jerusalem to dwell, but did not take the time to treat God with clean hands according to the laws that God had established. He repented of his sin, and when he again went to bring the ark of God to Jerusalem, he did it with a clean heart that followed God's plans. Peter recognizes his need of cleansing as he cries out, I'm a sinful man. I'm a sinful man. Go away from me. And in a similar way, Isaiah recognizes his need of cleansing as he comes into the presence of God. And I've read this scripture a lot and I love it. It's one of my favorites. Isaiah 6, 1 through 7. It says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted seated on a throne. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. With two, they were flying, and they were calling to one another. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. And and this is what Isaiah says right here in this moment. He is seeing how powerful, how awesome this presence of God is. He says, whoa, our desire for more of his presence. And he does this by making a way and cleansing us from our sin that we might be able to live in his presence. Again, you got to let him cleanse. You got to let him take that stuff out. First John one nine: if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Righteousness is being morally right with God. He's wanting to purify us from the unrighteousness. Psalm 24, 3 through 6. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one that can do that has clean hands and a pure heart. Who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god, they will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. So this is the work of repentance, again, which is a a turning away from the sin, the stuff that you know in your life. I mean, if I could just have you guys be honest and start telling me things, I'll go around with a microphone, tell me all the things that you need cleansed from today. Most of you would say, no, I'm not telling you. But God needs to know. He knows, but he needs you to say, God, I've got stuff in my life that I'm doing right now that I need to repent of in order that I can have more of your presence in my life. Lord, I'm not satisfied with where I'm at. I want more. I want more. So this work of repentance, repentance, to understand our need of God's cleansing blood and to willingly allow him to do that work in our lives. You have to, to have a desire and then you have to be willing to let God cleanse What needs cleansed? Second thing for more of the presence of God. You know what? When when God asks things to change in your life and you know it, some of you do this. I didn't hear anything. (laughs) I know. Come again. We will probably wrestle with the changes that God wants to make in us. Maybe I'm just the only one when God says, I need this to change in your life. Am I the only one that says, oh, come on, really? There's going to be times that we're going to wrestle with the changes that he wants to make in us. But as God, as God cleanses us, as we allow that to happen, he changes us. He changes us. But I know, and you know, that change is not easy. I grew up in church. (laughs) Change ain't easy in the church. I won't go too far into that. But there are people that argue over colors of carpet, paint on the walls. <laughs> okay. Change is not easy. Let's get back. <laughs> All that petty stuff doesn't matter in the grand scheme of the kingdom of God. <laughs> so I'll, just, I'll just throw that out there. Change is not easy sometimes though. Okay. So when God's asking you, hey. There's some things that I need to cleanse in you and you know what they are a lot of times we're gonna wrestle with that because we know It's not easy and we see this in Jacob's life. Jacob Jacob was a trickster. He was deceiver Yet he encountered God at Bethel as he fled from Esau's anger on his way to his mother's home in Haran And there he vowed to serve God, but the changes in his life. They weren't immediate For some it happens immediately, but some it takes a little bit one because maybe we're stubborn (laughs) Okay it would be over two decades later as he left Haran with his wives family to return to his home. And once again, he had an encounter with the presence of God, as we just read a little bit ago. But this time, he's going to be forever changed. A physical change happened, but so much more happened because it was revealed by the change in his name. The presence of God will change us. It will change us. And, and here's the thing, though, with God, as he, as he works to change things in your life, he will not overpower your free will. You have to invite that and accept the change that he wants to do in your life. He is a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on you and say, you've got to do this. You have free will. Okay? So when we ask for more of the presence of God, we have to remember this. Lord, I'm asking for more of your presence. I want more of the presence of God. It's not we who shape him, but it's he he who is shaping us. Let me read that again because I don't think you got it. When we ask for more of the presence of God, it is not we who shape him, but he who is shaping us. I don't say, God, I want you to do it this way or I need this to happen. I let him shape me and form me into his image. Okay? The willingness of the cleansing work of God must carry over into the changing work of God. So I'm I'm willing to let you cleanse me, but then you also have to be let it carry over into, um, it's changing me. I'm changing. I'm not going back to that. The presence of God changed Moses. His face was radiant because he had been in God's presence. He'd been with him. The presence of God changed Peter in in the fact that he said, I will will make you fishers of men. He was going to change. The presence of God will change you. Do you still want more if that happens? Oh, not as many. I didn't know you meant change, Rick. I didn't know I was going to have to change some things in my life. But if you want more of the presence of God, that's going to have to come. Wanting more of God is different than wanting more from God. <laughs> wanting more of God is different than wanting more from God. If I'm wanting more of God, it means that I desire him for nothing more than who he is. That's it. No strings attached. If I want more from God, then I'm, I need this, I need this, I need this. But if I just want more of God, he's enough. Okay? It's not about what I can get from him. For more of the presence of God, third thing, God will challenge us. He will challenge us to walk out those changes every single day of our lives. Walk it out now. I'm changing you. I'm cleansing you. I'm I'm showing you how you can have more of my presence. Now walk it out. Just had a song pop in my head. (laughs) Walk it out. Okay, And again, it's not just about an, an encounter with the presence of God. It's about living in that presence every day. Now, I'm one for revival. We just had a powerful one here. Amen? Amen. I'm one for winter Winterfest that our kids go to and get fired up. I'm one for conferences where you get rejuvenated. Um, I'm all for powerful services. I'm all for powerful altar calls. But it's just not about that moment. If it's just about that moment, then you just got emotional. You have to walk in that change that God has for you. You have to walk in His presence every day. It's, It's just not about that particular encounter, which those are great, those are wonderful. But we've got to seek to live in that presence every day. And it's possible. It is possible. Many of you think this is the only place that you can know the presence of the Lord, and that is not true. The problem is you don't want to know the presence of the Lord outside of here. You have to be willing to change and let God cleanse you every day. When Jacob walked away the next morning, it was with a limp that would stay with him for the rest of his life. Moses on the other hand reminds us that the changes that God makes will only be temporary Again, it's just not about that one time. It's only going to be temporary if we don't dwell in his presence What happened to Moses's face the longer he was away from God's presence it began to fade (laughs) So I'll tell you this morning when you've been in the presence of the Lord people notice it when you've been with with the Holy Spirit people notice it Now, on the flip side of that, when you've not been in the presence of the Lord in a while, people notice it. Your pastor notices it. There's so many times I want to walk up to you and love you. (laughs) With a word. Like, what are you doing? And some of you I do that too. Because we're close enough where you need a little swift kick, I'll give it to you. Some of you in here wouldn't take it, which is sad. Because you don't want correction. You don't want it from anybody, even your pastor, when you need it. And if you don't want it from me, you probably don't want it from God either. You have to be willing to change. All right. (laughs) Again. Changes that God makes will only be temporary in our lives. You know, if I go to Winterfest with the high school kids and I get all fired up, that's only going to be temporary if you don't learn how to dwell in his presence every day. (sighs) I thank God that we have access to the indwelling presence of our Savior and the fullness of the Holy Spirit every single minute of every day. I thank God that we have that access. But this too, the Bible says that we can quench if we fail to accept the challenge of Jesus where he says, pick up your cross daily and follow me. We can quench it. When we decide I'm not going to do that today or I'm going to do this, I'm going to let my flesh rule over me instead of the Holy Spirit rule in this moment. We can quench the Spirit of God and his presence in our life by denying him. Okay? Pick up your cross daily. Walk out the changes that he has brought into our lives. Jesus not only offered his cleansing to Peter, Jesus not only changed his purpose, but Jesus challenged him. He said, you know what? I'm changing you. I'm working on you now. Follow me. Follow me because I'm going to show you the way. And Peter did just that. And the others who were there that day did it as well. They left their nets and they followed him because they knew he was bringing change. They knew what it was like to be in his presence and they wanted to continue in it. They left everything. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm not Jesus either. (laughs) But I'm asking you, if God wants to bring change in your life, into your heart, into your family, let him do it. And then walk in it. Walk in it. Make sure people know. You won't even have to tell them. When you're walking in the presence of God and you're walking in his ways, people will notice. We should walk into a room as believers and the atmosphere changes. We're different. We're set apart. Our praise team will come back up. You guys will stand this morning. Here's the awesome thing about these different characters these different stories. They weren't perfect They weren't perfect They wrestled with the changes that god was making in their lives But they trusted in his cleansing work and accepted his challenge to walk in his presence every day One of the reasons a lot of churches across america are empty is because we're not carrying the presence of the lord with us as believers We're not making a difference because we're stepping out of it when we leave the building and forgetting that I carry it. Everywhere I walk, his word is guiding my path. It's a light for my feet. His presence is with me. His presence changed my life so his presence can change the lives of those people around me as I carry it. There's some boldness. There's some courage that comes with that. Do you want more of his presence? Do you want more of his presence? It should be really loud in here right now. I want more of your presence. Now, it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to let him change you. And we all know, I don't have to sit down and and interrogate you, we all know what's going on inside of here. We know what's going on inside of here. If there's things that need to change, you know it. You know it and God knows it. And if you don't wanna share that with anybody, come down here and share it with him. Father, I know things need to change. I know they do and I'm giving it to you right now. Change me, saturate me with your presence. I turn from these things and I wanna walk in your presence daily. So as we pray this morning, the response is for, I'm willing to change. I am willing to, I have a desire to change and I know it's not going to be easy. I know it might be a little bit difficult on me, but God has me. God will not fail me. If I surrender this stuff to him, he will not fail. Father, right now, As we come to you in prayer, Father. Lord, we want more of your presence, Father. And we know from last week that your presence is already in us. At what capacity are we letting that flow through us and out of us, God? Lord, the more is available, the more is available to us. Father, but we've got to be willing to let you change things in us. So right now, Father, I pray for every heart in here, every mind in here, Father. Lord, if if, if people came in with some heaviness, with some hurt, with some struggles, Father, we know that in this life we will have troubles. We know, we know, we know, we know. But God, in the midst of it, we also know that your presence is with us. So, Father, I pray right now for, for those that come Father, that they have a desire for more first and foremost. And Lord, as they come, let them know, Father, that they have to be cleansed of the things that are not of you. They need cleansing, Father. They need wash the blood of Jesus to wash those things away. And Father, then as they get up, they have to be willing to accept the change and walk daily carrying the cross and carrying your presence. Father, I praise you for what you're about to do in this place. Father, I pray for complete freedom in hearts. And I pray for your presence to saturate us, change things in us. If anybody doesn't know you this morning, Father, I pray right now that they understand that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for us. Father, the blood that he shed was for the remission of our sins and Lord, that we can have a fresh start right here in Orchardville Church on this Sunday morning. Lord, that, that, we, that we don't have to walk without hope anymore, that hope is found in Jesus. And, Father, if they're addicted to things, if they're torn up with things, Father, if they've had a rough life, there's power and there's love in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, let them experience that today, Father. Lord, I praise you and I thank you for what you're doing, what you're going to do. Lord, let us respond to what you want to change in us. In Jesus' name, amen.